Welcome to the Tony Talks Wealth Podcast. This show is dedicated to helping you manage your money better, invest wisely, retire early, and grow your wealth for you and your family and live your best life. My name is Tony Thomas, Charter Financial Planner, Pension Specialist, and Money Coach. I've advised thousands of people over the last 30 years. I'm going to share with you real life stories and everything that you need to know to build a financially secure future and a great lifestyle. If you enjoy the podcast, then feel free to subscribe and leave a review. Now let's dive into today's episode on the Tony Talks Wealth Podcast. I'm joined by EA Solkovitz today. So EA, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on your great uh, podcast. And uh, one of the best things anyone could ever want to talk about is wealth. And Tony Talks Wealth is a great name for a show. So thank you for having me on. I'm blessed to be here. Uh, it's my pleasure. EA is the founder of the Givers University, which teaches people how to increase their happiness, freedom, and greatness through personal, business, social, and family development. So EA, please share with us your fascinating story because you have such a long list of amazing professional and personal achievements. As I mentioned to you off air, uh, I think you should be in the Olympics for the achievements you've had uh, and why people should become members of the Givers University. Well, thank you so much, Tony. I look forward to sharing that with you. And uh, to reference the Olympics, um, I can certainly share with you at least three times in my life. I was that one clip from the Olympics of them doing the downhill skiing and he falls over and hits all the pylons as he's going down <laughs> you know, the agony of defeat. Right. You know, so I've had three of those, you know, so I know exactly what that feels like. And, uh, but thank you for the reference. I've been very blessed, uh, uh, you know, even at an early age be, and, and really it had a lot to do with um, my ignorance and my ability to understand that I don't know anything. Uh, and, and I, you know, and I, and I think one of the challenges that we have, and I know many of your uh, listeners are business owners, is here's the challenge we all face. As our level of expertise goes up, so does our inability to think like a customer in direct proportion. Yeah. In other words, we simply get too smart. We can no longer think like a customer, you know, like the little old lady that walks in a car dealership and uh, and she says, does this car have air conditioning? And the salesman goes through this whole thing about the coils and everything. And after he's all done talking for 10 minutes about the air conditioning, she goes, oh, I was just wondering if it would keep me cool in the summer. You know, and uh, so, and, and as business owners, yeah. we are constantly challenged with that because we get too smart. And, uh, and, and my blessings in life really was that, um, it was at an early age. So I didn't have time to even realize, you know, I was too smart yet. I just knew I didn't know what it was. So to share the stories with you, which are a couple of them that I, I, I hopefully will have meaning as I point out those aspects uh, for your listeners, if I may. Uh, you know, I was born in Chicago, Chicago, Illinois. Um, I live in Michigan now, but first 30 years of my life was in Chicago. And I lived in an area known as Oak Brook, uh, the Oak Brook greater area. And, uh, and my father was a milkman. I mean, and, you know, I'm 65 years old today, so, you know, so back then, you know, milk still came in glass gallons. Uh, there was a box outside everyone's house that, uh, you know, that was a milkman box. Yeah. And, and, you know, Tony, the amazing thing was that there was always money in the box for the milkman and no one touched it. Not one single time was milkman money ever missing. Not one time. Certainly interesting, different times, right? But uh, 
and, and at five years old, I'd go help my father and, uh, you know, on, on his milk route. And he was one man operation, had a, a route for a dairy called Twin Oaks Dairy out of, and, you know, they had in the Chicagoland area. And uh, so it, I, I remember getting up at like three in the morning. And I, I think, Tony, that was my first real touch with um, getting on with whatever you need to do and not having someone over your shoulder telling you to do it. Because I would watch my father not punch a time clock. He got up at three in the morning to yeah. do his own route, right? Yeah. And then went to the dairy and loaded up the truck and cut all the ice by hand and put that in the truck. Cause you know, no, very few refrigerated trucks. There was only the semis back yeah. then. The, the delivery guys had to cut their own ice and put it in the truck. Right. And uh, so, uh, and, and I remember doing that and I remember him always saying, well, the sooner we get done, the sooner we're done. And he said it over and over again. And I think that's had sort of a, an interesting impact on me because I remember just thinking, the sooner you get it done, the sooner you get it done, you know, and, and, and not have to wait for someone to say, go, let's get on with it. Or, you know, so I think that was maybe one of the first touches I had, you know, with the self self-starter being a self-starter and doing what we need to do as business people every day, even on the days we may not feel like doing it, you know, but still getting on with it. So uh, that was, you know, pretty humble beginning, son of a milkman. And then at 16 years old, Tony, I took my first big step into becoming a success and I got a job as a janitor. Okay. And I, I have to share with you, I didn't mind being a janitor because business was always picking up. <laughs> and it was, yeah. So, uh, and, and so, you know, I had a time clock I punched. And, but there was two really profound events that happened to me while I was a janitor. The first one was uh, I was able to be bonded at 16 years old, which, you know, uh, being in the financial industry, yeah. you know, basically I could be insured. Yeah. So, you know, if, if my buffer went crazy and hit a piece of equipment, insurance yeah. company would pay for it. That also allowed me to be in really expensive homes as well and, and locations. And one of the homes I was in every single Wednesday, I cleaned her home. And the lady, the name of the lady was June Martino. Now, the name may mean nothing until I reference the movie for your listeners who may have seen it. Okay. There was a movie out in the last few years that was called The Founder. It was about McDonald's. And, uh, you know, and, and Michael Keaton plays Ray Kroc. Yep. Uh, and, and, and I can share with you, that was all, a lot of, most of that was Hollywood spin. You know, I, yeah. I lived the McDonald's phenomenon. I lived in Oak Brook where the world headquarters was yeah. okay. for decades and decades. So I was, I saw it. I lived it in my lifetime and being 65 years old, you know, now I, that all happened during my lifetime, you know? So, uh, so June Martino, if you, if you watch in the movie, did you see the movie by any chance? I haven't, but I'm going to now. <laughs> it's a good view. It's a good view. And remember it's Hollywood spin. Ray really yeah. wasn't that way. Yeah. They just throw Hollywood drama in it to, you know, get the listener or watchers. I should get viewers uh, in the movie. You will see Michael Keaton, Ray Kroc, who plays Ray Kroc, constantly talking to a lady outside his office named June. He says, June, this, all the high, she's in the whole movie. That lady is the ladies whose house I cleaned every Wednesday. Okay. All right. So you'll see her. So when you see the movie, think of that. He says, talks to June and think that's the lady. Of course, obviously <laughs> she's an actress, but the real lady, right? Yeah. And this is what was interesting to me. I was in there every Wednesday and I don't know why, Tony, but somehow I had in my mind a misconception that I always thought up to meeting her that to be rich, you had to be a jerk. You had to be me only oriented self-only oriented. You had to be the first one to say, you know, it's just business, you know, and you had to be willing to push people down at a moment's notice yeah, and don't yeah. care about it. for some, I don't know why I had that thought, but I was in my head and here I am in this house, million dollar home back then I'm 16 years old. 
And, 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 you know, and this woman, June Martino has the third most controlling stock in McDonald's. Um, she's got a full-time maid in Butler. I'm there to clean the buff, the floors with special buffing pads and do the swimming pool and the garage. And she was so the opposite of what I had thought. She was so approachable, very nice, never condescending to her maid in Butler. In fact, just the opposite. And, and, and just to let you know, like, if I was buffing the floor and I was looking down and she walked through the house, you know, and, and through the room I was in um, and she saw me before I saw her. Cause I was looking down, she would say hi first. I mean, just very approachable and very kind and gentle, a really nice person. And I thought, man, that, it just astonished me. I thought this is so the opposite of what I had wrongly thought yeah. of what, you know, obviously you can be rich and happy. She's got both, you know, and I, I'm looking at the well, she bought homes for her sons. And, oh boy. I got to tell you, Tony, <laughs> I loved cleaning the garage because in order to clean the garage, I had to pull out the Rolls Royce and I had to sit in a Rolls Royce. That was 10 lifetimes of my income worth, you know, yeah. and here I am, I would go home at the end of the day and I would drive my Rolls Canardly which means rolls down one hill can hardly make it up the next. So, so here I am. So I'm driving at home. My rolls can hardly, and I'm sitting in Rolls Royce. That's like 10 lifetimes of my income. Wow. So I, I tried to clean the garage three times in one day, whenever I was there, just to sit in the car. Did you do any other rooms? I, I tried not to, you know, I mean, just, and, and the swimming pool I'd clean like twice. So, you know, she wanted the truck out in front of her house eight hours every Wednesday. And I had to look for things to do because she had full-time staff. Yeah. And, uh, but I didn't mind it. I mean, it was just extraordinary just to witness this whole thing that people really live that like that way. And they could be happy people and they could be great people, right? So one day she was in an extra good mood. I thought, man, this is my chance. So I mustered up all the courage a snot-nosed 16-year-old could muster up. And I, and I, I'm going to go ask June Martino, the icon of the area. Everyone knows her. I'm going to go ask her a question. So I went up to her, man. I got to tell you, I was like shaking in my janitorial boots <laughs> and I went up to her and I, and I said, hi, June. And she turned and looked at me, smiled. You know, she knew who I was. She saw me every Wednesday and she said, hi. And I, I said, uh, uh, can I, can I ask you a question? She said, well, sure. And I said, well, she said, well, what's that? And I said, um, could you tell me about it? And she said, what? And I said, well, the whole McDonald's thing. I'm not kidding, Tony. She put her arm around me, brought me in the kitchen. And I had asked her in the morning, the entire day told me the entire story really? of when you will see in the movie, which is accurate. She worked for Ray when he was a milkshake mixer salesman okay. and she was working for him there before he long before he met the McDonald's brothers. So she told me about that all the way through the whole McDonald's history, all the way up until the moment we're sitting in the kitchen together and her telling me the story. And I Man, what, you know, who else is she talking to? What she's talking to the 16 year old snot nosed kid telling this intimate details of what happened in the story. And there's a part in the movie when you see this, think of me because she referenced it decades before. It, it, it didn't happen the way in the movie again. Hollywood yeah, yeah. The, 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 the event was at what did happen. And that was there's a time where June, who kept the books, went to Ray, Ray Crock, Michael Keaton, and said, we don't have any money. We're out of money. In fact, we're losing money faster. It's coming in. There's no money left. She told me about that event and that she agreed to continue to work for Ray for no pay. It didn't matter. He didn't have any money to pay her anyway. Yeah. And he would give her in exchange company stock in a worthless company worth less than zero underwater company. And he would agree to take some of the phone calls from the bill collector so they wouldn't hound her on the phone. 
So I asked her, I said, June, I'm a janitor. I work paycheck to paycheck, Friday to Friday. If I don't get paid on Friday, I'm not showing on Saturday. Why did you do it? Tony, she sat back, stared at me and did this eye lock on me. And I realized I had just asked her a question no one had ever asked her. Everyone to know what happened with McDonald's, but no one wanted to know why. Why, yeah. Yeah. So uh, she sat back, she's staring at me and it was about 10 seconds and it seemed like a half hour. And I'm, you know, I'm already, I lost the eye lock. I'm looking around doo, 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 yeah. and she's still staring at me. And I could tell she truthfully is going back to think, why, why? did she do it? And when she spoke, Tony, it made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. I remember so succinctly what she said, the way she said it, which is what really got me. And then my instant thought right after when I asked her, why did you work for nothing? Why'd you do it? No pay. She replied and said, because I believed in Ray. And I remember my first thought, Tony, was that's it. That's my answer. I need to find me a Ray Kroc because it certainly didn't hurt her. Look at her. She's doing great. I, I need to find someone who knows all this stuff because Ray obviously did look and look how it helped her. And I know I don't even know what I don't know, let alone know something. Right. I mean, I just know I don't know what I need to know. And I need to find someone like a Ray Kroc in my life that I can persuade to bring me under their wing and they could teach me. And so I just threw it out there. And I mean, at this point, it was impetuous ignorance on, on my part. I didn't know in, in inadvertently I was doing the right thing and asking the right question. I just threw it out there and I said, man, where's my Ray Kroc? Where would I meet my Ray Kroc? And I remember thinking that th that was the first thought I had right after she told me that I'm still sitting there. I thought that's the answer because here I am at 16. I want to become rich and happy. Not realizing, Tony, even then I had it backwards. We're supposed to be happy first and right. then rich, right? Yeah. But at 16 years old, I'm all about the money. So, you know, I want to you know, get the money, right? And, and I'm living watching her, you know, there's all these things and everything she has. So it wasn't about three or four months later at the same janitorial service. We got a phone call at night. I've already punched out. It's after dinner time. And I'm just sort of hanging out with the boss. He was a friend of the family. And we were talking. The phone rings. And he talks for a few minutes on the phone, hangs up the phone. He says, well, that's a guy in from Detroit and he's opening a diamond store and he wants to see some carpeting and he needs to see it tonight because he's leaving tomorrow morning on a plane going back to Detroit and they're doing a rebuild in this place for this diamond store. And I said, okay, uh, what's that got to do with me? He said, well, I need you to go. And I said, Jerry, that was the owner's name. I said, yep. I'm not going. The first time I said, no, we're going to count my nose here. It's really interesting. How this <laughs> I said, no, I'm not going. I'm tired. I've been cleaning all day. He said, no, I need you to go show, show this carpet. I said, Jerry, I, I clean carpet. I know how to shampoo it. I know how to vacuum it. I don't, you know, I don't know how to bid out a carpet job. I've never bid one out before. I don't even know what to do. And he gave me one of these wheels you walk with. And he said, well, you walk this way and you walk this way and call me on the phone. And I'll I said, Jerry, no, I don't know anything carpet. Third time I've said no now. He said, I'll tell you what. If you go, I'll give you your pick of any Saturday off you want. Now, for a janitor, yeah. Tony, that's a huge yeah. negotiation yeah. chip, yeah. right? Yeah. We work when businesses are closed. So Saturday morning till night, we're clean and solid through. So I wanted to make sure my ears didn't get tricked. So I repeated it back. I said, any Saturday I went off? And he sighed and he said, uh, yeah, 
any Saturday you went off. I said, okay, Jerry. So I got some carpet samples and I threw them in the back of my Rolls Canardly. And now I'm getting ready to head over. Now I'm setting the stage. I'm setting the stage for your listeners because I want them to understand what's about ready to happen. I'm tired. I'm physically exhausted. I've been cleaning all day. I'm emotionally spent. I'm just tired. I'm fatigued. I'm going to do something I don't even know how to do. I don't know how to measure a car for anything else. I, I'm going to meet a guy from Detroit. Seriously, someone from Detroit. <laughs> I'm going to meet them, right? I mean, and, and, and my boss, I'm not doing this a favor for him. I mean, who cares about that? I'm doing this for only one reason. And I've already said no three times. I'm doing it for the Saturday off. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No other reason, right? Little do I know, I'm getting ready to meet the man that will change the trajectory of my life forever. I'm getting ready, unbeknownst to me, to meet my Ray Kroc, the man that will become the father I had, even though I had a father. And I'll become the son he never had, even though he had a son. He it will be my mentor in a time I didn't even know how to spell mentor, let alone know, know what it was. And I walk in to meet this guy. And Tony, have you ever had the experience where you met someone and your comfort level's so high, you feel like you already knew him before? Have you ever yeah. had that happen? It's, it's a rare feeling, but yes, I've had it once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it was that kind of thing. And I'm talking to him about everything. And we talked yeah. like for two hours. And this is at night, by the way. The phone call came to the office after dinner time. So you know, it's mid-evening now. For two hours, him and I talk about everything. The carpeting is a no sale because he wanted real plush stuff for inside a diamond store. And, you know, we just had office grade, yeah, commercial office yeah, grade yeah. stuff. Right. So I'm putting my samples back in my rolls canardly. And as I'm leaving, he offers me a job. I say no again. I said, no, no, no. I, I, I'm, you know, I don't know anything about diamonds. He said, well, I'll teach you. And I said, listen, no, I'm not gonna. I said, the only thing I know about diamonds is number one, they're expensive. And number two, some woman's going to ask me for one someday. That's all I know about diamonds. And he said, I'll teach you. And I said, no. Right. And then he, he, as I was walking out the door, I didn't know. I really was at that moment speaking with a genius in the truest puritanical, not the IQ baloney kind of genius, but I mean, a real human engineering genius that could talk with someone for 10 minutes yeah. and he could tell you the thought process, yeah. their life, you know, I mean, that kind of person with that incredible awareness to, you know, by just looking in your eyes and talking with you, he got it. Right. I didn't know that was happening. I'm just, you know, I'm a janitor kid. Right. And uh, so as I'm leaving, he hit me with something he knew was going to get my goat and grind me. He knew it would. So as he's walk, as I'm walking out the door, he said, what do you have to lose? You could always go back being a janitor. And the way he said it and his tone, I said, no, nah, I'm all set. My future's all set as a janitor. People can make messes. I can pick it up and clean it up. I'm all good. And I left. It's the sixth time I've said no. Now it's almost midnight now. And I'm driving in a car and now it's starting to bug me, starting to grind it. You know what do you mean by that? Yeah, he's, I guess he's sort of right. I could always go back being a janitor. By the time I got halfway home, I'm, I'm actually sort of, miffed and i'm thinking you know what i'm gonna find out exactly what he meant by that you know i don't like i'm gonna go i'm gonna find out what he meant kind of thing yeah. so i turn the car around i figure oh, he's probably gone it's almost midnight he's you know going to the airport tomorrow he's still there so i said well, what do you have in mind we start talking for the next four months i got in the car 
at four o'clock in the morning, between Friday night, Saturday morning, four in the morning, drove 301 miles, the exact mileage I still remember, yeah. from Chicago to Detroit, had a six hour meeting with him, got back in the car the same day and drove all the way back to Chicago four months in a row in the heart of winter. And I never missed a weekend. I didn't know he was testing me. I didn't know he was testing me for a question I would ask later on. And uh, the first thing I want to share with your listeners as an important nugget of information, no matter where we're at in life, be careful, be observant, and be aware of those most seemingly insignificant times on the edge of a dime that are so small that are about ready to become the most significant trajectory changing events in our lives as it was when I kept saying no and no and no to meet this guy. And I share with your listeners, be aware because there's a, a trickery of success that it shows up on the thin edge of that dime. And when we're not ready for it, we're going to spend the dime. And as opposed to realizing what really happened. So here I am. And, and when I reached the age of 19, I finally asked Sam, I said, Sam Robbins was my mentor's name. And I said, Sam, could you teach me everything? I mean, everything, everything, everything. Don't hold back. I want it all. He said, okay, I'll teach you all of it. But I want one thing from you. I want to let you know, Tony, whatever he said next, I'm totally in yes mode. You know? <laughs> and he said, here's what I want from you. He said, when the time is right and you will know that time, I want you to teach as many other people yeah. as possible everything that I teach you. So at 19 years old, Tony, I made a vow. I made an oath. I made a commitment that today is manifest as what we have known as Givers University. And I'm passing on all those things that my mentor, God bless him, I still believe he's looking over my shoulder, helping me every day because I'm fulfilling my commitment and my vow that I made to him when I was 19 years old. And that was the beginning of how Givers University even came about. Are the chances of somebody meeting a June and a Sam uh, like you did is... Do you believe that we all meet these people, but we just don't always recognize it? You say maybe great, perhaps sometimes we're not ready. Break a great question. And I would say it's C, you know, all the above. And and but I can share with you the following. One of the things again that Sam taught me was he said, you know, so many people are focused on the answers. Everyone wants to get the answer to it. What's the answer? What's the answer? What's the answer? He said, they're wrong. They're working live and living life backwards. He said, the answers are omnipresent. They're always there and they always will be there. He said, we need to learn how to focus on and ask the right questions. He said, it's the questions. He said, because when we ask the right questions, our lives become self-fulfilling prophecies and the answers make their way to us when we ask those questions. Just like the person says, how come nothing, everything goes, nothing ever goes right for me. They're right. Their life becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and nothing ever goes right. Yeah. For them. They're right. Yeah. And you yeah. know, yeah. just as even as I said that I had to rewire that in my head. Yeah. I don't think yeah. that that's accurate, but we need to, and that's one of the things Sam drilled to me, ask the right questions. And that's the thing, Tony, that I did ignorantly at the ripe old age of 16, when I just threw it out there and I said, where's my Ray Kroc? Where would I meet my Ray Kroc? See, it was never a question of if I was going to meet him. I already knew I would. I just didn't know how or where. And that's what I was asking. And you know what happened? It wasn't three or four months later. And the answer yeah. was right there. So I think that, and I believe, I believe in my heart 
those people that we need to meet, the June Martinos who enlightened me with such a fantastic, wonderful day. And the, the years I had with my business mentor, those things were because I was not a sophomore, as we call it. I wasn't too smart for my own good. Yeah. And I didn't have, I didn't have any problem with saying, teach me that. I'd love to learn that, you know, and I wanted to become a sponge for those. Cause I realized the only difference between June and me was that June was doing something I wasn't doing. And she knew something I didn't know. That's it. She wasn't a superhero. She wasn't an alien. She didn't have a superpower. And the same thing, my business mentor, he was a multimillionaire many times over and, and happy. He truly was happy and then successful. The only difference between him and me. And I recognized that inadvertently, Tony, was I just, my mind in its most simplistic way was just thinking, well, he should, he just knows something I don't know. And he's just doing something I'm not doing. I need to find out what those two things are. And then I can apply them in my life. So with your business owners who are listening, if you don't have a mentor and you own a business, we call that naive. That's what we call that. You need to have a Tony Thomas in your life so that you're listening to how do you accumulate wealth? Because as you know, I, I, my business mentor taught me when he taught me the law of compensation that wealth is not money. No. And, and, and as a result of that, he, so you need to have a mentor in your life, like Tony, uh, Tony Thomas, and you need to listen to great podcasts, which are mentoring, but also have good mentors. I mean, good people that have done it, not talkers, right? People that really have done it, that they can say, this is what I've done. This is why I know. And I can teach you not because I want to make money because I haven't done it yet. And I'm going to make money off of you. Right. Big difference there. So he taught me and he was my mentor. And that all came about because of inadvertently asking the right questions. And then my life as everyone's is becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I ask your listeners, look in the mirror and ask yourself, where am I at? And what questions have I been asking that maybe I should modify those questions so that I start getting the wrong, the right answers? Because when you ask the wrong question, you're going to get the wrong answer. And I'm amazed, Tony, with the people I've met that go through life asking for what they do not want. And then they're surprised when they get it. It's what they asked for. Yeah. Why should you be surprised? So I, I, I just so love to be able to share those things and, and you know, and how we relate to that, you know, and, and share those things through our courses at Givers University. That's fantastic. I, you know, that's such a wise sort of way of looking at things. I, I think we've all, or many of us have had those sort of thoughts where, you know, sometimes it's negative rather than the positive, but I truly believe uh, in the same way as you do, you, if you think positive, positively and you are, trying to attract good things then you need to have those thoughts you need to have those right thoughts rather than focusing on the negatives oh that's so important in fact you're right on with one of the most important things again my mentor he must have felt like he was one of those guys working the streets with one of those jackhammers on my head because he was constantly blah, 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 you know just drilling these things into my head trying to get through that layers of concrete of the, you know, son of a milkman burnt out janitor who thinks he has big fun is getting free songs on a jukebox at two in the morning, cleaning, cleaning bowling alleys. Right. So, I mean, he had to get through that concrete. And one of the things he shared with me was to your point, Tony, every adversity in life carries with it the seeds of equal 
or a greater benefit. And he said, one of the things we need to do in life, and he was instructing me, he said, get rid of the word failure, get it out of your vernacular, don't say it, it's too eternal. He said, supplant that word with the words temporary defeat. He said, because now you're reframing it in your mind, it's the same thing, but you're reframing it and giving it a different label in your own mind on purpose. And he said, a temporary defeat is like when you get a first down, when you get tackled and you get a first down, when you stand up, you realize you got the first down. He said, you're still in the game. When you say failure, you just threw yourself out of the game. He said, don't throw yourself out of the game. Label things as temporary defeats. Yeah. Every adversity. It's, it's a lesson. It's a lesson to learn from and make sure that you don't repeat that same uh, mistake. And uh, you can learn from every single adversity, as you say, every and single one of them. And we have to move aside those leaves. See, when the adversity hits and when, you know, because every, not some adversity, Yes. Adversity carries with the seed of equal or greater benefits. What we have to do as leaders is move aside those leaves and find those seeds. And when we do, we will realize that's exactly what we needed to get to the next step. Without those seeds, hence without the adversity, we wouldn't have gone the next step up. So here's, a, I'm going to say something now, Tony, it's going to bake the noodles of your listeners. <laughs> when I say this, they will say this guy EA is off his rocker. But when they stop and pause and dwell on it, they will see the truth of it. When we really, really understand temporary defeat, not failure, but temporary defeat, when we've really supplanted it in our life and wisdom in our life begins to supplant ignorance, simply not knowing, what we begin to realize was as follows. We will begin to welcome and embrace temporary defeat when it shows up on our doorstep. And it won't be something that we're fearful from. And fear will no longer be holding us captive because now we're welcoming temporary defeat because we know we're trained. We can move aside those leaves. We'll find those seeds that never would have been there without the adversity. And because of that, we will go up the next steps. We wanted to go up all along and it never would have happened without that adversity in our lives. So when we are able to embrace and welcome temporary defeat, now we're really learning what prosperity and exceptionalism is all about. Different mindset altogether. Yes. Total change of mindsets. Yeah. I think that, you know, that's something that uh, we all need to perhaps master much better than what we've done in the past uh, and change our mindsets so that, as you say, uh, these adversities just present opportunities, seeds, opens or clears away for ladders of the next steps that we need to get onto. So it's just the way that you look at things. Exactly right. And, and, and all of these things, by the way, along with, I, I didn't make up any of this. I mean, this was taught to me not only, but from my business mentor, but I was very blessed to have a radio talk show. And in two years, I interviewed 1,000 yeah. millionaires. Yeah, right. And, and that was, uh, and the best part, Tony, was the questions I got to ask them off the air, all of which I had prepared in advance with every one of them. Yeah. There were things I wanted to know and things I wanted to learn. And here's something I can share with your listeners because if they're a business owner, they're having this happen there, or yeah. if they haven't, they will. And every one of those 1,000 people, Tony, every one of them had and were able to share with me a story where everything in their life, and I mean everything, 
told them, stop, don't go any further, throw in the towel, their family, their associates, their acquaintances, their social circle, their business associates, their finances, everything said, stop, throw in the towel. And you know, what's interesting is that with these thousand people, a number of them who they didn't even know each other, didn't know each other, unrelated to each other, unrelated industries. They even, when they said what happened next, they even, many of them even used the same words. And the words were almost humorous in an interesting way. They all said, do you know, when I reached that point, I took the next step out of curiosity, just to see if there was anything else I had missed in going wrong. (laughs) They said, you know, what else could possibly go wrong? Was there anything I missed? And they just said, it was out of curiosity, maybe morbid curiosity. You know, is there anything else that could possibly? And they said, and when I did that next step, it was like temporary defeat exited my life. And then interestingly enough, almost without effort, things began to click and work out correctly on their own for my advantage. And it was like temporary defeat went to someone else's life. So I'm going to screw them up because this guy doesn't know when to give up. Right. And, and, and so as a result of that, I share with your listeners, be willing to go the next step, be willing to do the June Martino and not get paid because you will find out if you simply have enough leadership to move aside those leads ask the right questions, not the ones that are going to self-sabotage you, but the right questions, you'll get the right answers and you'll see yourself moving up those stairs. And you'll be so thankful for every one of those adversities. As I view them, every one of them is a blessing in my life that helped me. And is that right for somebody in the uh, teens, 20, 30, 40s, 50s? Is that, can that be applied to that same principle? doesn't matter what stage of life that you're at. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what stage, who we're with, whether it works the same for social, family, business, et cetera. And I can share with you, if I may, because this sort of folds into a little bit about what we teach at Givers University and and, and how we impact people's lives from all of this 40 years of information that's been accumulated. Simply put, we truthfully, and I do right now one to three podcasts a day, I can share with you, no one, no entity is teaching what we're teaching right now. And I can demonstrate it by virtue of a couple of quick thoughts and questions to your listeners. First one, think about the fires that you stamp out each day. Yep. Think about the times when your stress level goes straight through the roof. Think about the times where you've had conversations at the end of the conversation, you don't even remember what you talked about, but you do know one thing, you have no more energy left. Yeah. All those things have one thing in common. There's a name attached to them. And what we teach people is discernment and it's not being taught anywhere else. And here's how we explain that, Tony, for your listeners sake. First of all, I want to say, I emphatically say, we love everybody. I repeat, we love everybody. And what we teach is how to discern and separate the person who we love from their deeds, which we may not love. Right. Okay. And from what we do is we teach people to look for the actual deeds, broad, innocuous swaths of information where you say, wow, that sounded really good. Uh, oh, what do I do with that? Right. We, we, we've used a much more granular, detailed approach. By demonstration, I would say, 
if right now, Tony, looking at you, if you had, and I could tell you had, you know, itchy eyes and maybe a runny nose from those symptoms, from my yeah. observing those symptoms, yeah. I could assume and assess you, you might have a cold. Yeah. I'm not able to see the cold, but the symptoms are telling me they're there. Right? Yeah. The plant symptoms with deeds. And what we actually do is we actually have we genuinely teach checklists of actual deeds that we should watch for people doing. And when we see them doing these things, then we begin to discern, should I bring them closer into my life? Yeah. Because if they're a giver, they're going to bring with them the three W's of wisdom, wealth, and wellness. By contrast, if I see them doing other certain deeds, maybe I should discern and begin to respectfully distance myself from them, not nasty or rude or insensitive, yeah. Yeah. respectfully distance myself from them because when I bring them into my life, they're going to bring the three D's of a taker, which is defeatism, disruption, and destruction. And I'm going to be collateral damage and I'm going to be stomping out fires. Hence my productivity will go through the floor. Yeah. My stress level will go up. Yeah. So I'll be not producing right. And my energy will be emptied. Yes. And instead of having energy gainer. So we teach people even by virtue of, checklist that we want to give your listeners free, absolutely free, download them, put them in your pocket, use them because watch how they will change the way you observe and think about as you learn this new skill of discernment in relationships. So really, Tony, you're a self-improvement guy. I'm yep. a self-improvement yep. guy. I love it. Yeah. But no one's teaching us. How about the other guy? What if he's not doing it right? What should I do about that? Because he's going to influence my life. And these people will influence our life in dramatic ways that we're not even paying attention to. And we teach people, pay attention, observe and discern. So that's what we teach at Givers University, how to discern in relationships. This, is, this university has been running for what, 30 plus years? Actually, it started, well... I mean, it goes all the way back to when I was 19 years old when it started, but, uh, but the, the embryonic thought, yeah. if you will, and my yeah. commitment and my vow. And then over time, uh, it began to take shape. In 1991, it became you know, more of a real kind of actual concept of this is how it's going to be taught yeah. um, and moving forward. And it has evolved actually since then. And, and, and ever since then, we've actually been refining because remember my business mentor said something really critical. He said, when the time is right, and you will know that time. I can share with you now, more than ever before in history, discernment is not being taught. Yeah. This is the time. This is the time he spoke of. Hence, in the next little while, Givers University is going to become very visible as right. we teach people. And when we say giver, by the way, we're not labeling people. We're labeling deeds. It's giver yeah. deeds. When right. we say okay. taker, yeah, yeah. When we yeah. say taker, we're not labeling a person. You're a taker. Yeah. We're labeling the deeds of a taker. And then we can even show them if they're being too takerish, how they can be more giverish. So I, I want to share something with you as a two final thoughts, if I may. One is you may have some listeners right now who are saying, wow, this is really great stuff. You know what? I got a family member right now. It's being a little takerish. You know, someone needs to talk to them. And I need to have this conversation, but you know, I love them. I, I care for them. I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want them to feel bad, but this needs to be brought up and it needs to be talked about. What should we do? You know, what should I do about that? Do you know, Tony, one of the best things that I hardly recommend they could do is share a podcast called Tony Talks Wealth. And here's why. 
It's a third party. It's a great way to open up the conversation by simply saying, you know what? I heard this really thought provoking podcast. I, they, they were talking about things I, I hadn't really thought about before. I, it was really interesting. Do me a favor, listen to it. Give me your thoughts on it. I, I'd love to hear yeah. your feedback. On what you, you never know. Their mind may open. And because you were a giver and you shared Tony Talks Wealth Podcast with them, as a direct result of that, their mind may open up and you may be stomping out one less fire. So it's a very, very, very important thing for someone as they go on their road to wealth to be able to understand the importance of being a giver and doing that. Fantastic. How many uh, members have gone through this series? I, I could say if we went back into, uh, you know, I mean, geez, we're going back, I could go back a couple decades and people that were getting our newsletter was already into the multi tens of thousands. Really? Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and we basically, what we do is we provide for your listeners uh, uh, you know, and, and it's transitioned over the years for sure as anything does. And we wanted it to, uh, that's a part of what we did, what we did on purpose. So uh, we have free checklists. We want to give Tony to your listeners right. and all they simply do is go to, they have two options. They can go to giversuniversity.com. Um, and by the way, the sign up for the newsletter will be reappearing in the next week or two. Cause we have a major, major, major rehaul going on in our website. Okay, uh, it's going to look fantastic. But, uh, so, uh, so they should think about doing this. And when they get the chance, do it or take the quiz I'm going to mention. Um, but they can go to do a quiz that's called Givers University, Givers, plural, university.info. Yep. There's a seven question quiz there. They should do it. Um, it's called, what is your Givers Takers Awareness IQ? Uh, seven questions, it's a great quiz. And then from that, they will automatically get subscribed and they'll get the downloads. Okay. Uh, free downloads. There's one downloads I love. It's called the 25 do's that givers do. It's literally on two pages, a checklist that yeah. people will be able to use in discernment. Um, when our, our website is up right now, but the newsletter part is going to be reappearing, okay. uh, but they should go to giversuniversity.com and then sign up for the newsletter. We don't spam. They're going to get an email that says, uh, you know, uh, do you want communication from them? Say yes. And then the first download will appear immediately yeah. in a matter of minutes. Um, we don't spam. We don't send out six emails. We send out one a week, Tuesday and Thursday. And that email is devoted to giving them genuine, helpful nuggets and tips for that week that will help them discern and become more of a giver and contrast takers in their life. So we, we really are nurturers and we love to be able to provide that. So uh, we love to have all of your listeners get those free downloads and benefit. I will put all these links in the show notes so people will be able to pick that Thank up uh, even if they um, obviously miss it in the, uh, the, the podcast itself. But um, I'm just picking up on a point. Uh, again, this might be wrong in terms of my interpretation, but uh, I was, I, I t- I w- my uh, perception is that a giver is far happier is a far happier and fulfilled person than the taker. The contrast is so dramatic, it cannot even be quantified. Yeah. A giver that really has been trained as a giver and is wired that way, and it's, and it's also a skill like any other skill, they truly will have exceptional happiness, freedom, and greatness in their life. And it'll be predictive, and it'll be massive, because givers earn three times more because givers discern three times more. I think that is a fantastic note to uh, 
uh, sort of come towards the end of this podcast because if anybody needed any form of um, um, motivation or insight into why you should change your mindset and become a giver, then that is as good as any you're going to get. Thank you so much. And uh, I appreciate uh, being able to share thoughts with you. And uh, do you have any final questions for you? Yes, I've got one, which I ask um, all of my uh, guests. And uh, it would be um, remiss of me not to ask you the same EA. So uh, that question is, what does wealth mean to you? Excellent. And I would share with you, um, if I can do a two-part answer, one I may have to borrow from someone else. I was very blessed again at an early age uh, to fly around with a gentleman and his name is W. Clement Stone. He was genuinely a billionaire owned combined insurance. And yeah. we did some Easter seal work together decades and decades ago. So one time I was with him and I thought, man, this guy's a billionaire. And that's with a B back then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I asked him, I asked him, I said, uh, I said, uh, Clement, you know, that's a usually clamor Clement. I said, uh, could you tell me what money is? If he's a billionaire. There's a guy I want to ask what money is, right? Do you know he didn't even hesitate? He turned to me because we were in an airplane, actually. And uh, he turned to me and looked at me and said, money is power to do good. And I'll never forget the way he said it. He paused for half a second to see if I really got it. He said, money is power. And then he finished up with to do good. Good, yeah. And, uh, and, and, I'll, I, and, I, and wealth, we, we actually teach a whole course called the law of compensation. Yeah. And, and, and it, it's, a, it's an incredible, it's like a 45 minute audio just on compensation and how people don't make a lot of money because they don't understand what, how compensation works. And compensation is not necessarily money. Wealth includes so many more things. It includes real wealth, exceptional happiness is wealth, exceptional Freeness, freedom, exceptional greatness, and not the condescending greatness, but the kind of greatness where we get under people and push them up. So I share that with you, uh, not only the definition of money from a billionaire who told me, you know, his lips to my ears, but also that wealth is not money. It's so much more. Yeah. And on that note, if I could share with you the three things that are part of that wealth, by the way, that my business mentor shared with me. And he said, say these three things to yourself every single day. He said, say it over and over again each day. Don't miss a day. Don't forget any of the three. I share them with your listeners as a gift that I pray they begin saying these same three things to themselves. And here they are. I will never give up. I will keep rising up and I will always overcome. Wow. Very powerful. Very, very powerful. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today. Uh, I found uh, our conversation uh, absolutely fascinating. And I'm sure my listeners are going to feel the same way as well. So uh, I'd like to thank you very, very much and wish you all the very best in everything you do and keep on giving through your university. Thank you so much, Tony. And as we like to say, and as I like to say, don't just have your best day. Have your best day ever. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find links to everything that we've discussed in the show notes. And if you'd like to know more about what I do or see more great money tips to build a secure and a happy lifestyle, then you can find all of these on my website, ttwealth.co.uk or my YouTube channel, TTWealth. 
If you want to work with me, then why not book a free 30-minute call to find out how? You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I also produce a bi-monthly newsletter, TT Wealth News, which contains practical money tips that is free for you to download from my website. And if you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave a review. Of course, the more stars, the better, and equally sharing is caring. So if you've heard something that you've enjoyed and you think will benefit someone you know, then please do share with them. I'm sure they will appreciate it. So it's goodbye until next time. And remember, live for today, invest for tomorrow.